holy name of Jesus. Amen. Now, some of you know all about this, but in the 1960s and 1970s, unfortunately, I've only learned about it uh, from other people. I didn't, I didn't get to live through it, but uh, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, you may remain seated, had a uh, controversy over the factual basis of the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. And uh, what was being taught in one of our seminaries was that, you know, some things in the Bible that seem fantastical um, or unlikely, maybe they didn't really happen. And, you know, you, maybe you don't really need to believe those things. Maybe there's some other explanation for them. For instance, was the world really created in six 24-hour days? Did the sun really stop in the middle of the sky? Was the Red Sea really parted? Did Israel exist at all? Was King David a real person? Was Jonah swallowed by a great fish? And so you get the picture. There seems to be things in the Bible that maybe we shouldn't take them literally and maybe that would make it more palatable for us. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we got smarter than the Bible. Now, ultimately, in our church body, our denomination, uh, the people that thought that the story of Jonah is not real, or that all these stories are just kind of metaphorical and not really meant to be taken uh, literally, they all left our church body. And uh, for the most part, they went into uh, our Lutheran cousins in the ELCA, and, and they've gone on to promote all sorts of uh, awful things. But the question there is, uh, is about the reliability of the scriptures. And the real question is whether or not you can trust God. Now, there's no one who hears the story of Jonah and then on the basis of that text says, wow, this is clearly a parable or just an allegory. This clearly didn't happen, right? Now, there is indeed a greater meaning to the story of Jonah than just that a man was swallowed by a great fish and vomited up on a beach three days later. But that does not negate the factual basis of the story. But maybe, maybe for the sake of evangelism, maybe we could see that since this is an obstacle to some people believing that a fish swallowed a man and three days later vomited him up onto a beach, Maybe we are willing to compromise what the scriptures seem to say is true. Because maybe we're worried about how this looks to outsiders. I mean, do you go to your uh, work and tell your friends, yes, yes, I believe these sorts of things, that a man is swallowed by a fish? Or do you worry about looking stupid? in front of people, if you believe that God created the world in six 24-hour days? 
Are we worried that we might look stupid and perhaps ignorant if we believe that God created them male and female? And that's still kind of a good idea. Maybe we could get more people in church if we just kind of don't talk about some of the stuff that at least we used to believe. Now, worrying is one of the things that Jesus preaches about more than anything else. If you compare what Jesus says about all sorts of sinful topics, money, murder, divorce, whatever else it is that you think that uh, Jesus is trying to crack down on, he is concerned about anxiety and worry more than anything else. Ultimately, why do we worry? Well, I worry because I don't fear, love, and trust in God above all things. There's no other explanation. I worry because I don't believe that God will actually take care of me. I don't know that he'll take care of the people that I love or this world that he has created. We fear, love, and trust in pretty much everything but the one true God. So we find Jesus sleeping in the boat. And the disciples are panicking because they don't know what's going to happen. And they think that the worst thing is going to happen to them because the boat is being swamped. It's bad news. And then what's worse is that their new friend doesn't even seem to care. Remember, at this point in the gospel, they don't, they don't really know who Jesus is. And they even ask the question there at the end of the story, uh, what sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? He's not like our other friends, is he? They know he's a good teacher at this point for sure. And they know that he has power to heal. But they do not know that he is the son of God. God incarnate, God in human flesh, they think he is sleepy and maybe lazy. They think that Jesus doesn't care. They think that there's really nothing he could do about the storm but maybe grab an oar and row. Psalm 96, we sing. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Maybe there's a storm on the sea because the sea recognizes the one who calls forth the wind and the waves in the first place. Maybe the sea is excited to see him. So what do you think about Jesus? Do you think that he cares about you? Do you think that Jesus can do anything about all the things that trouble you? Or do you think that he has fallen asleep, that he's no better than Baal when they were trying to get him to cast down fire on Mount Carmel? 
Are you waiting for Jesus, but hearing only silence? When I tell you this, that it is problematic for us to have a God who sleeps, a God who is hungry, a God who thirsts, a God who dies. And do you think that maybe he has forgotten you? Are you worried? So, I don't think that someone who has doubts about the historical uh, factualness of Jonah is going to go to hell. Or whatever other stories that you have doubts about in the Bible But if you do, you should ask yourself why you think those stories might not be real. Jesus slept in a boat while the sea roared and the disciples worried. And then he spoke. Spoke to the waves and there was a great calm. And then they got to the other side of the sea and he cast out demons, raised the dead, made the blind see. And that's only like the next chapter. And then he goes on to feed thousands, to forgive sins. And then Jesus even preaches that just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and something greater than Jonah is here. And Jesus is speaking of his great work, of his death, his burial, not in a big fish, but in a borrowed tomb. He is speaking of his resurrection. And then Jesus goes on, after he is raised from the dead, to include you in all of this great work by means of your baptism, the word of God that is given to you into your ears in the Holy Eucharist, which you eat and drink. His raised body and blood is given to you to eat and to drink, that you would be in him and he in you. So what was it that you were worried about again? Now, you, you would probably not be surprised to know that many of the people who were teaching that Jonah isn't really a real story, they also go on, some of them, not all of them, They go on to deny the resurrection of Jesus or speak about it as just kind of a figurative, metaphorical sort of thing. Which, you know, sounds nice, but if Jesus is not raised from the dead, then you have no hope. And if Jesus is not raised from the dead, then we should absolutely 100% start worrying about stuff. Because the world is pretty bad out there, no matter which side of it you think you're on. 
Or maybe, maybe Jesus is raised from the dead. Maybe he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Maybe he does control the winds and the waves still today. Perhaps he will calm the seas again. And not only that, but redeem the whole entire creation, as we heard in the book of Romans today. And not only the creation, but he will redeem you. You who have the first fruits of the Spirit given to you in holy baptism. You who groan inwardly as you are waiting your adoption as sons, as you are waiting the redemption of your body. And your body is redeemed already, even today, because Jesus baptized your body. Jesus feeds it. So we're not hoping for the day when the boat just vanishes and we see that the world and all this suffering is just an illusion, that there's no boat There's no spoon and there is no sea. Well, no. The Lord Jesus Christ, who actually spoke to real waves, so will speak to you in your body, in your ears, raising you even from the dead and from your grave to new and everlasting life. So, uh, what was it that I was worried about again? In the name of Jesus, I'm in.